Hey folks, welcome back to the coffee shop. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Dakota Benfield, joined with your other host, Georgia Reeker. Hey, and uh, we are back here <laughs> once again in the coffee shop with our coffee, ready uh, to have a conversation. Today, my coffee is, once again, iced water because it is not the morning time. <laughs> ah, well, today, my coffee is actually coffee because i drink it non-stop <laughs> i used to say that ca- that caffeine like didn't affect me in that mm-hmm. way and slowly that is becoming not true i don't know if it's like part of getting older or drinking less caffeine as a whole right but if i drink anything past like four mm, i'm gonna be up forever so i try to avoid that now no that's fair i but i i'm also like a complete night owl like i will stay up till four in the morning and then wake up at one and feel like totally fine i made like the worst ever cool idea for the new year which was that i want to get up at seven o'clock in the morning oh with the goal of eventually getting up at six o'clock in the morning uh-huh. and i was like inspired by my parents who get up and they have all this like time in the morning like kind of like to themselves their alone time right. before the day kind of kicks off then when they get to the nighttime like it's it's like family time and you can be chill and you don't have all these responsibilities mm-hmm. but I, on the other hand, I get up 10 minutes before I need to go somewhere, <laughs> and then I get home at night and I have to do all this stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's like the next big move in adulthood mm-hmm. to become my parents and get up at a reasonable time in the morning. Right. I have yet to even c- come within two hours of succeeding. Oh, wow. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I don't think I don't think it's that important right now. You're 21. You're, you're, you're not older yet, and you don't, you don't have that schedule yet but my roommates also don't have that schedule mm-hmm. so like my parents day-to-day schedules it's the same as mine like you you it's a nine to five whatever right um my mom's like less so but but you you live life like in that kind of eight hour it shifts around a little bit mm-hmm. and that's like how my schedule is now but but my my roommates get up around that like nine o'clock hour and, and start their day yeah. and if i could just circumvent that and get up way earlier i would have like three <laughs> hours two to three hours of like genuine alone time yeah. um i love the people that i live with of course but like actually being alone and not like not like leaving a social situation mm-hmm. and being able to hear it one room over like genuinely like quiet time get right. your coffee chill out read a book it's a it's a goal that i have but I don't know how feasible it is. I, I don't know. It, I, I, I'm, I'll keep you guys updated because I'm interested to see how it goes. It's kind of like yeah. less so my journey into like being like, you know, like, oh, I'm an adult. I'm, I'm growing up. So I get up early and more like my journey into finding time for myself without sacrificing time for others or sacrificing work, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, like real mindfulness. It's just changing your schedule around, which is difficult yeah. for sure. Because I used to stay up till 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I never slept. I mean, it's not healthy, you know, especially we are like creatures that normally, for the most part, work during the day. Yeah. It is kind of tough when all of your energy is just like used at 3 a.m. And you're just like, well, shit, I can't do anything now. Have you read about like how humans are designed to sleep? No, no, I haven't. So we're designed to be intermittent sleepers. Mm -hmm. So instead of sleeping eight hours a night and working eight hours every day, which is something that we've kind of developed as society has Mm -hmm. progressed into like, you go to work, you go home and you go to sleep. Um, We were supposed to sleep just when we're tired. So throughout the day, you would just nap for an hour or two and then you get up and do more stuff. So if you're, if you like running at night, Mm -hmm. that's just not the time that your body wants to be sleeping. Right. That's, that makes so much sense. I read somewhere and I forget who did this experiment. So I feel bad. It's like completely baseless, or at least it sounds like it. But I swear to God, I heard it. Believe me. So 
apparently you can get by on five 20 minute naps throughout a 24 hour period and just like at different times throughout that just taking those naps and like you'll have the energy to get through and be fine in fact it's better for you i remember some one of my parents like our family friends telling us something like that Mm -hmm. like you just need like a certain amount of really restful sleep and I remember being like, I don't know, I don't know about that, but okay. No, it's like it's it's a proven thing, and you can yeah. do it. It's just like hard to get on that schedule. I'm sure because yeah. like the it doesn't fit in with mm-mm. the world that we live in. No, it doesn't. So basically, it's it's meant for artists, and that's it. And like works for me, I guess. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, take some time at some point in my life to try it out. And just to really yeah. see, because who knows, maybe f- five 20-minute naps dispersed throughout a 24-hour period is the way to go. That Do m- you think never being able to reach REM sleep would, like, affect you? It might affect your, like, memory, because REM sleep is when, like, your memories throughout the day are, like, processed. And so it mm. goes into long-term storage. So that might actually be a problem. Yeah, I wonder if they ever did a study long-term enough to, like, learn about that. I- I'd love That's to find cool out. That's something cool Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of research and things we've learned, uh, Georgia, what have you learned this week? I, I have actually a very sweet, like, what I learned this week, which I learned from one of my students. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much, like, a fact, but more, like, the, the kind of advice that you get from 11-year-olds. Right. That I, 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 my, one of my firm beliefs in life is that if a child gives you advice, you should take it very, very seriously. Because yeah. um, al- it's, almost, it's almost always good advice. Like, I've had a kid be like, you should eat more candy. And I'm like, yeah. That's excellent advice. <laughs> You're and fucking I will be right. So. I should eat like, more candy. <laughs> um, so one of my lovely students was talking about, um, we, we were having a handstand contest, mm-hmm. as you do in uh-huh. dance studio. Of course. Um, and I failed epically because both of uh, both of the students in that class are competitive gymnasts. Oh, and so I shit. fail and I, and I say, yeah, one of my goals for the new year is to be able to do a, a press handstand. And if you don't know what a press handstand is, is look it up. It's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a big like fitness challenge for me. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. And I think it's like a good strength goal. And so I was like, yeah, one of my, my New Year's resolutions is to be able to do a press handstand. And this girl goes, oh, yeah, I don't I do not do New Year's resolutions. And I was like, cool, tell, tell me more about that. And she's like, I really feel like if there's something that I really want to do in my life, I'll just do it. But the minute somebody tells me to do it or I tell myself to do it, I'm going to give up on it because then I'm not going to want it anymore. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really good level of like, like self-awareness and self-forgiveness yeah. at a young age. And I so like kind of what I what I gained from that, what I learned from that was instead of setting these rigid goals for ourselves, we're like, this is what I want and have to do. If you're if you want to do it and you're like really motivated in your in your heart to do it and you think it will benefit your life, it is going to happen. It might not happen by next month or next year. Like like it's going to weave its way into your life right. where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um and I found that with with all of all of the goals that I've had in my life have weaved their way in, but when I've set these really rigid goals, they almost always become like a version of like self-punishment for me. Whoa. And that's just not safe. Right? No, it's not. But like holy shit. She's yeah, she's I, right. Like, yeah, I, I don't think anywhere like in this like middle school brain is she thinking like, oh, I'm coming up with this really like deep, amazing knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it impacted me so much to just hear a kid be like, it's OK if you don't want to do something. 
that's fine. Just don't. Like, there's things you have to do mm-hmm. because somebody makes you do it. But we get to choose the rest of the time you yeah. spend in your life. And if you don't really want to do anything, you don't have to do it. And this is also the kid that has, like, 17 hobbies and is amazing at them all. Wow. She brought me a piece of cake for my Christmas gift that she baked herself wow. and it was delicious. Like, she clearly does the things she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it inspired me in a, in a way of just, like... If I want something in my life, like, I'm going to make that happen. I don't have to beat myself up if I don't, though, because if I really wanted it, right. I would have gone and gotten it. God damn. No, that's really inspiring because, like, you're right. I, I look back on, like, all the things that I've done and, like, the really important things, the things that I wanted to do, I've done. They've happened. Like, I'm doing them mm-hmm. now. And Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what's important. I, I get yeah. so worried. I, You know me, a chronic worrier. We do be anxious. <laughs> We do. And it's just because I get so caught up in like, ah, I have to do all these things. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to do something good enough with my life. You know, I have to yeah, yeah, like work this hard. I have to make these things. Otherwise, you know, it's worthless, but like not at all, not at all. Yeah. And like this 11 year old just like proved all of my worries wrong. Just by being like, if you want to do it, it's going to happen. Exactly. Because like at the end of the day, you're not telling other people what your goals and your resolutions are. Mm-mm. If you like, like the only time we tell people like, oh, this is my resolution was when you complete it. Like I haven't told people all the resolutions I failed. Oh God. But if no. I look back at my last year, like I was like, I'm going to work out three times a week. I'm going to read 30 books. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And really the only things that I achieved were like, I want to create more. Mm-hmm. And I did create more because that was something I really wanted. Yeah. I didn't really want or need to go to the gym every single day of every single week. And that's like, wh- where is that desire coming from? It's, it's coming from a desire of like, oh, I want to look this way. I want to I want to be this way versus like, it's something I want because it will make me feel better and it will make me a happier version of myself. It, um, it's not something that you like uh, yeah. truly want. It's something that you want out of guilt of some kind. Yeah, out of out of like pressure from the mm-hmm. world around you. Exactly. Um, Whereas, like, do I really want to read this amount of books so that I have read those amount of books or so I can tell people how much I read? Right. No, exactly. If you want to read a book, you're going to read a book. I've got several books exactly. just sitting on that shelf over there. And I'm like, ah, I should read them all. But there's only a few that I really want to go, like, read. And, like, that's going to happen for sure. Mm-hmm. And my, my big journey for this year is, is like, resting in forgiving myself for the things that I can't always do mm-hmm. and not achieving every little thing I want to achieve. And in my personal life, like, really only doing the things I want to do. And um, that's, yeah. So that's what I learned this week. What did you learn this week? You know, I just learned a lot right now. But, (laughs) you know, let's get a little little less existential and just get to some fun facts. Fun facts. (laughs) What I realized literally today as I was making my coffee uh, was that we haven't really had many coffee facts on the show. Like we haven't we, had any coffee facts I, on the exactly, show. and so except for that, my my personal journey with caffeine. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and so I I've got a couple here. I want to do two because they're shorter, and there's a bunch okay. more that I will like do throughout the rest of this season. I guess rapid fire. Uh huh. But uh, for right now, I just wanted to talk about how coffee uh, is consumed in such great quantities that it is the world's second largest trade commodity. Wow. Yeah, like compared to everything else that's traded around the world, it's on, it's second only to oil. Oh. Which makes sense. This this is actually brings up a really fascinating human rights uh argument. Please, yeah. Um not really an argument. It's it's like a, basically a human rights fact uh-huh. is when we 
as uh, a as a society saw the shift from our highest commodities being the most useful like our, if our highest commodity was corn because it was you know the the easiest to mass produce to feed a bunch of people mm-hmm. um you know our commodities were vegetables that that people could eat quickly or, or meat or whatever right I wish I had those facts right off the top of my head. Um, when those commodities shifted to being things that were pleasurable, mm-hmm. like uh, cotton, coffee, sugar, right. uh, tobacco, those were all because of the slave trade. Oh. And so the big human rights argument is like we still see the thing now with like uh, um, the production of chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. Like look up whatever brand of chocolate you buy. It is very, very likely that it at some point, if not still currently, uses the slave trade in Africa and in, um, oh my gosh, I don't have the countries off the top of my head. Just, yeah, several other countries. Check it out. It's, it's um, a, a lot of countries still use the slave trade to produce things that we still eat now, Whoa. but because it's not in America or in the UK, we don't notice it as much, even though we should. And so like, like what's really interesting about things that are like, what are our highest commodities now? Mm-hmm. They're things that are a privilege to have. And the only reason that we have them at all is because of the exploitation of a group of people. Absolutely. No, you're totally right. That brings me into the second fact, actually, which is that there's only one state that grows coffee beans out of all the United States. What? Other countries do, and that's where we, you know, get our coffee for the most part. Mm-hmm. But there's only one state. Can you guess what it is? Hawaii? It's Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, incredible guess. Good guess. Oh, for sure. But yeah, it's the only one that grows coffee. It's the only one that has, like, the right altitudes and the right soil. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. But we get most of our coffee from Hawaii and other countries. Which, that is really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it kind of all goes back to what you were talking about. So that's mm. really interesting. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. Even giving out my facts, you're teaching me even more. It's kind of hilarious. Oh my I God. have a bad habit of when people tell me a fact being like, I have a follow-up fact. And they're like, oh, that was not what I was looking for. But here's the thing, though. I, I love that because that means I just get to learn even more. Even when I bring a fact, there's another fact to go on top of that. It just adds to the conversation. So I think it's a great thing. And I think it's perfect for this podcast. Yeah, I love the back and forth of, of, of facts. I had a, a, a fun interaction with a guy in Asheville who stopped me on the street and was like, will you give me a dollar if I can tell you a fact that you haven't heard before? And I was like, absolutely. And he's like, beavers kill more people a year than sharks. And I was like, is that true? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, I'll tell you some facts. And so we went back and forth sharing facts. And it was a, a great interaction. I, I gave him like whatever was in my wallet but it was it was like a fun conversation that's incredible i'm just like back and forth like platypi are poisonous giraffes have sponges <laughs> in their brains just like yeah this is i'll never see this person again but i'm glad we had this interaction i think that that's so important mm-hmm. i think that more people should be willing to if not just do it but like have conversations with strangers absolutely not you know clearly you don't want to just go up to like the scariest looking person that makes you incredibly uncomfortable but like i feel like not enough people are open to having conversations with strangers or like people on the streets yeah. if you're out there like they're also human beings they also want to be talked to yeah i think we get into a little bit of that in this episode just having conversations with people yeah today's guest is my wonderful grandmother diane Rickard, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a lot about really quite a lot of things <laughs> i think we ended up getting through like three of our written down questions mm-hmm. um but it's somehow our longest my... episodes <laughs> yeah this conversation meant you know a ton to me to get mm-hmm. to sit down and talk to my grandmother i i'm really grateful to be able to have those connections with my grandparents and get to have those conversations Absolutely. um so i you know thank you guys for joining and i hope you enjoy this episode yeah we'll see you soon all right all right bye bye guys (laughs)
Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Today we're here with my lovely grandmother, who I have always known as Gigi, if you'd like to introduce yourself. I'm Diane Riekerd. Yes, she's a lovely, wonderful person who I've known all my life. Um, So we're pretty excited to be here today um, and get to talk with you. So how are are you doing today? I am doing just wonderfully well. Absolutely wonderful. I love that. Uh, We've been renovating your bathroom, as I mentioned on our last episode. (laughs) Um, So we're currently (laughs) providing a slight reprieve from the drywall dust to record this episode. Perfect. We'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, so who are you? On which level? Uh, what what <laughs> resonates with you most when you hear that question? Well, the first thing that comes up is I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I'm a metaphysical person. Um, I am a grandmother. I'm a mother. And I have uh, two children and five grandchildren. That's my most favorite thing in the world to talk about is my grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> But I will talk about spiritual things, uh-huh. metaphysical things, things that are not spiritual, and a host of things that goes around with that. Yeah. Who, who are yeah. you to yourself? Uh, mostly a... I have to think about that. <laughs> That's really fun. Who I am to myself. I'm a happy lady. I am a person who scatters joy. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing, is to scatter joy to everybody I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I speak to everybody that I see, whether they like it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but if you, the whole world needs to be, um, I can't think of the word, but it's, you need to make them known and know who they are. Mm-hmm. And connected with. And connected with. Ooh, and yeah. um they need to know that they are real, mm-hmm. that they are a person, and that they matter. Yes. And that they matter to just not them, but to everybody. And most people don't really know they matter. Sometimes um, there are people that I see in the grocery store that I feel quite sure nobody talks to. Yeah. Mm. They never have a conversation with anybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's very um, a very difficult thing for me to think about, that people never have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes I would like to have more people to talk to yeah. than I, you know, that I do on a regular basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I can entertain myself, and I know that I matter. Yeah. yeah. I know that I'm an important person, and they need to know that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's got that same level of self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When did you start noticing that it mattered to you to connect with strangers like that? Oh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a long-term thing? It, it has been a long-term thing, and I never told anybody about it. I just did it. Yeah. And yeah, um, one day I was in Walmart, and um, there was a lady in there that uh, had on ranch clothes. Mm-hmm. And she was looking very hard at what she wanted to buy and where it was. And I said, can I help you? And she said, well, I'm looking for whatever, peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I can help you with that. I said, actually, they move things a lot in here. So um, we may have to look a little bit. And she said, well, I have not been out of my house since March Wow. Wow. And oh, I went, man. oh, yeah, well, you're going to need some help. I've <laughs> <laughs> moved it a lot. Yeah. I, I always love when you go out and you interact with, with kids, and I've seen you do this a lot, when you interact with kids, and kids are so excited, like, that anybody is right. acknowledging them. But mm-hmm. as we grow up and we become adults, we sort of become accustomed to the idea that 
you're only going to interact with people that you know. Right. And anybody else that's interacting with you, like, wants something. Right. And not just that base level connection with someone and you might you not You don't want, again. you're not acknowledging them. That was the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Ah, uh, yes. And people do need to be validated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really need to be validated instead of being seen as a white person, a black person, and any color person. Yeah. That's not who they are. Mm-hmm. No. They're all the child of God, and they all need to be validated. They need to know that it matters that they're here, right. and that it's very important mm-hmm. that other people see them mm-hmm. and think it's valid that they're here. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's incredibly yeah. important. I mean, it doesn't matter what type of person yeah. you are. Yeah. It just matters that you are a person, you're here, and because of that, you deserve friendship conversation mm. interaction mm. love all acknowledgement cultural identities definitely matter in the way that we perceive ourselves in the way we kind of con- connect with people on a deeper level but when it comes to just like interacting with strangers it, it does become really important not to look at anybody and go like oh i know what they are because of how they look or right. how they present themselves everyone at, at some base level mm-hmm. is just a person but that you don't desires connection you don't know that person you don't mm-hmm. know right if they're afraid you don't know if they're happy Mm-hmm. You don't know what they've been through. Yeah. 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 You don't know if anybody ever talks to them mm-hmm. or ever has talked to them. Right. Yeah. From the time they were a child. I never have any problem talking to children because they are, um, they most of the time will always respond to you. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to, they just will not. <laughs> they just will not. They'll do what they want. They'll just stare at you and yeah. go, who are you? you <laughs> My They're mother doesn't open. like for me to talk to people like you. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're very open and, and honest. You can get a good sense they of are, how you present your energy based yeah. on how a kid reacts to you. I have had some that were just absolutely delicious with with conversation mm-hmm. and whether they could talk or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had this little boy that was telling me that he was going to have a baby. Congrats. That his <laughs> his um, baby's name was Elmo. Wow. I love that. But yeah. his mother had to translate because... I couldn't understand. Oh yeah, what I was oh, yeah. There, the, the level of conversation you have with little kids is just there. There is oh, nothing we like for that. a long time. It's so great. great. Long, That's so good. Time. I love that. Yeah, and, and his mother really—I could tell she really appreciated that. Yeah. And the other thing is that little kids will make eye contact with you, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where adults sometimes do. don't, mm-hmm. and I make really strong eye contact. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes I scare people to death. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it can be intimidating. Actually, one of our teachers, Mm -hmm. Ike Webster, he told me, one thing that you've got to work on is eye contact. You just need to make more of it. And so, like, I've been working on it. And it can be tough because it's just, like, you can feel awkward. You can feel judged. But rather Mm -hmm. than – I think what it is is if you're making eye contact with someone, especially if they care about you, it's not being judged. It's being acknowledged, like you said. I'm not a big eye contact person naturally, so I kind of have to, like, think about it. I have to be like, time for eye contact. But with, I think, the people that know me well, it it just becomes like, oh, they just know I'm just going to drift around while we talk and that'll be fine. (laughs) Well, you need to practice that with each other. Yeah. Yeah. You and other people and see who can hold that the longest. Right. I've done that. I've (laughs) done that with staring uh, contest. Let's go, Gigi. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I lost. I lost. I've done that with my boyfriend before. We like make eye contact for as long as possible, right. and it like it connects you with people in a way that you're not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of overwhelming where you're just like, oh my gosh, we're like like actually like merging brains almost. It's kind yeah. of like well, you bizarre. are you're merging energy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some people like it, and some people don't. Mm-hmm. 
But I, when I talk to people in, in a grocery store or wherever I happen to be, I will always make con- eye contact with mm-hmm. them. So they know that I'm acknowledging them. Right. That's really cool. I'm validating them. I am looking at you, and I'm looking into your eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how many people look in their eyes. Right. Mm, that's true. Yeah. To say, okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you right here right now wow. mm-hmm. and I did a, a workshop in a Solomar which is in California mm-hmm. on the Pacific coast where the 17 mile drive is and all yeah. that stuff and I had a, a girl in my group that said she had a friend that was a Native American mm-hmm. when she was growing up and he would get down on his knees to be the same height that she was and he could look in her eyes. And he was the only person that ever made eye contact with her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that was very important. And mm-hmm. I went, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, oh, my goodness, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a really it's, cool connection to make. You hear people say, like, the eyes are the windows to the soul. But, like, it's true. It connects your energies more mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. 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 You, you talk about energy a lot, Gigi. Like, what, what do you mean when you mention energy? Well, energy is not, um, cannot be created mm-hmm. or uh, done away with. It can mm-hmm. be, you know, I don't want to say killed. That's not destroyed. Right. I think destroyed. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's always there. That's why we don't ever uh, go anywhere when we die. Right. Because you can't get rid of energy, and mm-hmm. we are energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're totally around. energy, and our bodies die, but our souls and spirit go to another dimension, mm-hmm. which we call heaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and um, what's her name? Um, that was blind. What's her name? Um, That's a vast amount of people. Uh, let's see. And, um, Helen Keller? That's the only option Yes. Uh, awesome. Nice. <laughs> Helen Keller said dying is like walking into another room. Whoa. Oh. And, and she's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for somebody that couldn't see here, she was quite remarkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure. I mean, that her whole, like, subjective mm-hmm. experience must have been, while, you know, difficult, it, she probably learned so much from it. I, I find that so interesting, walking into another room. Mm-hmm. It's something like she's not scared of, and it's not... Because everyone looks at death with such finality nowadays. Right. They're like, you only have this amount of time, and then you're dead, and then you're done. But it's like, no, yeah. your, your soul yeah. just keeps going. Yeah. It's just a transition. Well, your soul and spirit. That and a lot of people cool. say the cross is your soul and spirit. Oh, wow. Interesting. What's what, the difference? I was about to ask yeah. the same thing. <laughs> well, that's a good question. It's um, sort of the same mm-hmm. and sort of not. Yeah. Like many things. Like many things. <laughs> Right. Um, Your soul is um, sort of like your personality, and your spirit is, you know, I'm not really sure. (laughs) It's hard to explain that. Cody and I had a long conversation kind of about this. Yeah, exactly. Where we were defining, like, what is your soul and how much of you is defined before Mm -hmm, you're born. So, like, my personal theory on it is that your soul is is constant. Your soul is always mm-hmm. the same. And then the experiences of your life affect your personality or your spirit or how people kind of perceive you. And you're the most, you're the closest to your soul as a kid. 
Um, when you yeah. feel really connected with the universe, when you feel really connected with those around you, like we were talking about kids being more willing right. to have conversation. And then the experiences of your life impact your personality and your spirit. And sometimes when you meet people that you're like, oh, that person is really jaded because of what happened in their life. Maybe their spirit right. is jaded, but their soul will never change. So when I yeah. connect with people and I meet them and I go like, oh, our, our souls feel so connected. It's not because we have the same personality or that all the same interests. It's because there's something about our core being that just fits. Yeah. Well, it's a, it is a dual thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I will find out exactly what the uh, meaning of both of those are. But yeah. when you when you talk about your soul and your spirit, it's what you really are. Yeah. Right. Combines all yeah. to be you. It combines everything mm-hmm. that you really are. The reason that we're in the body mm-hmm. is to identify each other. Yeah. Mm. It's it's our egos, what we're attached to here. No, just that when we see each other. Yeah. We identify with who you are when you see each other. Mm-hmm. I recognize and, you. Right, right. You recognize me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we were just in the soul and spirit, mm-hmm. we wouldn't ne- recognize anybody. Yeah, yeah. So we are vehicles that are here to... Um, uh, to learn and to teach yeah. mm-hmm. and to... Uh, Take in everything we can take in. Mm-hmm. And I have also heard that uh, we are told what we will do in this lifetime before we come in. I believe that. Yeah. I totally. Oh, Gigi, <laughs> you, your like theories about life are so similar to mine. And I think that's really cool. <laughs> Dakota is very excited right now. <laughs> without having ever talked about it or anything, a lot of the things that you're saying have just like line up with my yeah. beliefs. So Very closely. You, you mentioned heaven. Do you also believe in reincarnation? Is heaven a finite place or is it a passing through place? Um, it's a passing through place. <gasps> That's really cool. Yes. And oh. you can... <laughs> now, my friend Sandra Grace uh, does a thing called Life Between Lives. And um, she is a shaman and she has many other qualities and things that she does. And my question is, where are we between our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I have a few theories, but I want to hear oh, yours. No. Well, she said that, you know, this is, <clears throat> that's what you want to find out when you do this process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, you're in a, in a dimension somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And right now we're going into the fifth dimension. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about this <laughs> so much. So much. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. whole, the whole fifth dimension thing is like, I don't, it's not fully within like, what I understand or like what I what I connect with, but I, I do really enjoy hearing people talk about it. But I would love to hear more from you about yes, that. Yes, please. Well, uh, the fifth dimension, and uh, yes, I have been to the fifth dimension. Nice. Well, um, is a very um, restful place. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you can be calm and all of this stuff that we live in that's spinning around all over the place is not there. Mm-hmm. When I go to the fifth dimension... I go on to a spaceship. Wow. Not my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Not my body. Mm-hmm. My soul and spirit. Go. Right. Is that like astral projection? Or is it different? Like meditation? Uh, sort of. Uh, they take you onto the ship. Uh-huh. And you get to go to the lounge. And <laughs> the lounge is a, um, it's a place where you relax and... Really relax uh, before you come back here. Wow. wow. How many cool. times have you done that? 
well, I can go anytime I want. That's wow. so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never I, heard anything like that. You said they take you to the lounge. Mm-hmm. Who are they? The spirits. The okay, so just spirits. other ones that are still in the in-between place. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sort of like the, the ones that run the fifth dimension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people who are there all the time. Well, yeah, they're... they're um, Sort of like ETs that we don't <laughs> call the um, extraterrestrials, right? Mm-hmm. We call them the enlightened. Ah, uh, oh, yes, cool. that's cool. I, Man. I really, <laughs> really like that. It's it's really cool because it's it's very similar to like my thoughts and beliefs about things and how. Mm-hmm. So the fifth dimension with like science, we can mm-hmm. prove it with string theory. There's energy moving through everything. There's energy moving through all of us. And we know that. We just can't weigh or quantify it, so mm-hmm. we can't prove it as fact. Mm-hmm. But we know that it's there. And there are people who, like, go as far as to say there's, like, ten dimensions or more. Yeah. And it's... Constantly passing through. It's so interesting to think that we're just in the third dimension right now, and we're moving into the fifth, and more people are able to connect to the fifth dimension. Yeah. And what happened to the fourth? <laughs> Skipped right through it, I guess. Just hopped <laughs> on through there. They were just like, add gravity. Nah, Einstein figured that one out. It's fine. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. yeah. What happened to the yeah. fourth? <laughs> it gets so out of my like understanding of it, mathematics. But I do find it, I do find it fascinating because like I have been really connected to energy all my life. <laughs> and when I was younger, I see people ours and like, we've talked about that a lot. And now as an adult, I like interact with people and realize that that was not an experience that everybody had, but now more and more people are kind of like moving into that experience. Right. And it, it interests me a lot to talk to people about that. It's just really cool. I, yeah. I find it so interesting. I'm excited because like I, I used to see auras more mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see them again now mm-hmm. more. I don't know. I lost when I became a teenager, I stopped like caring about it. I stopped thinking about spiritual things Yeah, as like, that happens. Real, you know? I kind of got in my own... If you don't use it, it goes away. Exactly. Yeah. And I got in my own head where I was like, you know, it doesn't even matter. I can just live here. Yeah. I'm like, this this is enough. And of course, that's when, like, I was most unhappy. Yeah. But no, when I was a kid, I saw things all the time. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah. over Christmas break, I talked to my sister a little bit. She remembers this story that I had where I saw angels. I don't know if they were angels specifically, but I remember the picture still so vividly. Mm-hmm. I was like running up the stairs. I just look up and there were three like really tall, like white beings, like just dressed all in white. They had like fire in their eyes. Oh, it was whoa. Just, like, fi- and then they were just like looking at me and they were like super chill. They were yeah. calming. They're it wasn't chilling. scary. But they were just like, so, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I ran back downstairs. I yeah. told my mom and my sister and like, they brought it back up to me like this year. They were like, wow. do you remember that? And I was like, yeah, vividly. Wow. Do you believe in angels? Oh, yeah, I see angels all the time. What do angels look like to you? Because I, I have my experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an experience of seeing what I consider to be angels, but I don't... They're not like what I hear other people talk about. So what are they like to you? It's 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 yeah. amalgamous energy of little colorful specks. When I was a kid, I would lay in bed and like look at my room and everything would look like... You know when you go into a roller rink and there's the little like mm-hmm. speckled floor? It was like that, but it was in the air. And it was this Whoa. really positive energy and I would get up and I would dance in it and I would dance to the the CD my mom would play right um and I would like dance with the with like what I consider to be angels and I don't see them like that anymore but I still feel that energy yeah. well sometimes you have guides sometimes you have fairies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big fairy believer as a child as you may remember oh yes I do I was obsessed <laughs> <laughs> George almost jumped into the creek looking at fairies. <laughs> they were cool. I built really banging fairy houses. They were amazing. They That's were, um, yeah, they were in a rainforest. Wow. That yeah. we went to. And and 
everybody was looking at, you know, we would step up on the thing to, to look at the fairies, and Georgia was getting restless, and she and I said, I think we're going to sit up here. I said, no, no, you're next. You're next. Oh. Stay, stay here. And so she got out there with Georgia, and she almost couldn't hold her. And she wow. was right before she was two, and she saw everything. She saw all those oh, fairies. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. All those fairies. That's really, really cool. And she was she was doing everything she could do to get to <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it was amazing. I was a very spiritual kid. I, like, yes, it, encountered and a lot of things. You and both were. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. sure you were, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you come in seeing those, and I can see um, people with a child in their buggy at the store and when I walk by, the kid goes... Just follows yep. you with their eyes. Yeah. All yeah. the way around. That's, do you think they can see your energy as a person? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They can see my aura. Yeah. And they follow that because it's all pretty colors. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw a kid at the grocery store the other day. We were in Walmart. Yeah. And he was just looking back at us. He, like, wouldn't take his oh, eyes. Yeah. He was just like... He saw... He, he yeah. Was he was neither happy nor sad, just, like, staring. Just yeah. like... Yeah. Acknowledging us. Well, see, you forget way. that because nobody ever talks about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People take Never. their kids to the eye doctor to see what's wrong with their eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, no, nothing's wrong. They're just children. <laughs> well, no, that's, it's eyes are fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, uh, okay. And they never say they can right. see colors, you know. Wow. But when kids, I see, they stare at things. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we get to a point as as older kids to adults where you go like, oh, this experience that I have is not shared, and therefore I should not mention it lest right. someone think I'm weird. And right. then the less you acknowledge those things, they, they do fade and they kind of go away. And the more you mm-hmm. acknowledge them, the more important they are and yeah. the more people will be less afraid of right. yeah. what they're seeing or, you know, they yeah. think they're seeing and they really up. are seeing. But um, I've seen lots of different kinds of angels, and I have a... I had a, a doctor, an EMT, that I was going to, and he came in the office one day, and he had so much light around him. Yeah. Wow. And so many angels around him wow. that it was so bright, I couldn't look at it. Wow. And I just had to, to turn, yeah. and I, I wanted to see it so bad. Yeah. And I wanted to tell him that so bad, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And then I have a friend that was the same way, and she was, when I lived in the mountains, she was there one day, and oh my goodness, there were just angels all around her. Yeah, yeah. And the higher your um, level of... Like your frequency, your vibration? Yeah, your Mm -hmm. frequency. The higher you are, the more you can can see with the angels, because... They can only come down just so far. Yeah. Mm. And then you have to meet them mm-hmm. where they are. Wow. That's really exactly, cool. Exactly. Right. I find that uh, so much in meditation. Mm-hmm. I can sit there and like, if I'm able to close my eyes, clear my mind mm-hmm. and just be and like be in that presence, in that mm-hmm. energy, I find myself being able to like rise up. It feels like I'm yeah. on a different dimensional plane. You are. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, or my soul well, is. Well, it's not a, di- well, it could be a dimensional plane. You're, you're in a... Uh, your um, frequency is higher. Right. You're mm-hmm. raising your frequency. Yeah, yeah. And the frequency of Jesus is said to be 33. Oh, you really? can count them? That's so cool. Okay, this is so cool. <laughs> I didn't know you could count it. Can you, can you, how, how uh, you break that down some? Uh, yeah, I, I want to know, how do you figure out your own frequency? Uh, I don't know. I know somebody does it for me. Oh, yeah? But, do you uh, know what yours is? 
Well, it changes because it uh, depends on what I'm doing. And if you're meditating, you can always lift yourself up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. Yeah. And the first time I ever really saw something was I was in a restaurant in North Wilkesboro. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, nothing personal about that. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. There was a, um, a wall that was really, really high. Yeah. On that way. And it's, I don't know whether it's the whole restaurant was like that or not, but I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I see this man on the wall with a red shirt on, and he was like at least 20 feet tall. Whoa. Wow. So um, I just kept staring at it, and the the woman that was with me and was looking at me turned around to see if she could see him too. Yeah. Of course she could Yeah, no, of course, of course. Uh, Well, she could have if she had believed or had raised herself up to it. For some reason, he wanted me to see it, and my friend Sandra Grace said it was Archangel Michael. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I don't normally see things in colors, but occasionally I do, and I see mostly red, which is the base chakra. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your... um, Root chakra. I'm just getting into like chakra work and everything. This right. this crystal has like all seven of them lined up yeah. with different stones. So it'd be C- that Cody bottom just one. pulled out his little pyramid of crystals and set it <laughs> on the counter. I'm sorry. I'm really. It's cool. Well, I gave Georgia some material for y'all to look at. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, it has I lots that of still. stuff about chakras in there. Uh huh. It also has a um, picture with an orange ball about this big. And if you stare at that, it will help you. Uh, be um, able to see things a lot better. That's cool. Because the more you more you stare at it, the less your eyes will burn when you are uh, trying to see something. Yeah. Wow. There's there's not a lot of things that I've maintained being able to see from when I was a kid, but I have one thing that was this, um, and, I, and I told Cody about it, mm-hmm. where um, I'm trying to go to sleep, yes. and I feel like that I, I'm going to have like nightmares. I used to have really bad mm-hmm. nightmares when I was a kid. I can see them like coming into my space, mm-hmm. and I have this little yellow globe in my like chest, and I can make myself expand it out and surround myself with it, and nothing can get through it. And if I'm like really mentally strong, I can make it surround my whole house or my whole city. And if I'm mm-hmm. feeling really weak, I can only get it to like around my body. That's your heart um, line. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so telling people, I was telling Cody about uh-huh. it and you used it and you, is did, it yellow, right? It's not yellow. It's so what I did, I, I did the same thing. Cause I was, you know, just in my room, mm-hmm. Max was not at the apartment. So I was just alone and I'm like right there by the woods yeah. and I heard scary stories, whatever. Yeah. I, I wasn't feeling great. So I'm just in there <laughs> laying down and I close my eyes and I'm like, starting to visualize like nightmare fuel just like yeah. coming in the room and I'm like, you know what? I I don't want it. So I visualized it's this like platinum orb that yeah. came up. It mm-hmm. is it might be out of your chest. It came up like right out of my like third eye area. This so this is <laughs> this is the third eye. Yeah. Part. This is the third eye. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have exactly the amount of space yeah. between the corner of your eye mm-hmm. to the other corner of your eye. To put a third eye, a third eye. So exactly, cool. okay. and and so it came out of like right there, right. and it was like platinum, and it just wow. like floated around. I could just like push it out like really fast and just yeah. like hit everything like on the way. And it would oh, hit all the nightmares. And it's, just like that's so different because ours like like mine's always slow and uh-huh. it, it never detaches from my body. Oh, like it's always well, that's your heart line. Yeah, and your heart line goes from 
to infinity yeah. mm-hmm. to, um, you know, all through your body down to as far as you can go to the center of the earth to um, and beyond. Yeah. And then you bring energy back up from that and, you know, go back up. That is really, really cool. But Santa Grace can take your heart line out and put it back in. Wow. And measure by... F- your heart line is like a... Um, it's like a fist. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she measures it by fist. And mine will start out like at 3,000 something mm-hmm. and go up to as much as uh, 20,000. Sure. And the heart line allows you to... Take in more light. And right now, you want to take in as much light Mm -hmm. as you can possibly take in. Yeah. And it will help you when you go to the fifth dimension. That's That's really, really cool. That's fascinating. I... So we've got all this like talk about it. I you know what we we wrote down a bunch of questions yeah, but we, we haven't just... we have not asked a single question we planned no and I'm um, okay with that <laughs> yeah. I I, I want to get to so you talked about reincarnation in the fifth dimension all of this and this is something I'm trying to get to because I totally I buy into all of it mm-hmm. but well it, it change that to. I honor it, and I know it exists. Right. No, exactly. Not as much maybe knowing exactly what it is. No one knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's but but acknowledging di- it's true. a different in dimension way. in time. Yeah. 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 But now David would tell you that there is no time. It's just a construct. Yes. Time is time, a little bit constructy. The way it's I a little weird. see it. <laughs> David like, knows. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're like third dimensional beings, mm-hmm. meaning... For whatever reason, we can only experience time yeah. linearly. But I think I totally buy into it. it's just a construct. I think it's all happening at once. You really mm-hmm. buy into honor it and yeah. honor it. Yeah. Okay. I honor that. I and um, believe it. Yeah. I do. I do. I believe it's completely mm-hmm. made up by us because that's the only way we can experience. It helps it. us process it all. Like like we it look does. at all time as a circle, except for our lives. We look at the year as a circle, and you get to the end of the year and it starts mm-hmm. over. That's you right. look at the day; it's a circle. It starts how over. Do, how do you see a calendar? Me, I, I see it all as a cycle, but but then we learn we learn to treat life as a straight line, right? And how do you see the the calendar? calendar? I'm thinking of like a calendar that we use. It's just that straight line. You go straight through it, and then mm-hmm. once it's done with the year, you just throw it away, and it just huh. yeah yeah exactly. But I do see other calendars, especially from other cultures, that are circular, yeah. and it's. I don't know, continuous. Yeah, yeah. Which makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that we use ours, honestly. Yeah. I, um, if you look at the calendar app here, yeah. <laughs> it's just a straight line all the way down. But and, I, I turn that back to you. How do you see time? Well, the way I've always seen a calendar, for some reason, I don't know why, is that it starts here and it in goes into a, a circle. It, it starts here and it goes all the way around in... Um, Clockwise. Wow. Okay. Go clockwise. No, it goes counterclockwise. Counter- counterclockwise. <laughs> That's because so cool. if you if you are looking at a circle uh-huh. and you start at the top, clockwise would be to the right. Counterclockwise is to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you start here, and that's January, and it goes all the way around. To get to wow. the that's end so of December cool. again. Wow. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's huh. so cool. So, so we talked a lot about like, and the, I'm always looking down at it like this. Yeah, yeah. You you see it. That's that's really right. cool. Um, that's we, we talked about like the in between space and what you kind of experience now. But what from your life helped influence your spiritual beliefs? Now, how did you mm. get here? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I can remember remember back to where I was three years old, mm-hmm. 
Actually, my mother kept saying 19 months. Mm-hmm. So I remember from 19 wow. months, but mm-hmm. um, I, I could be from her telling me, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Yeah. But I remember um, feeling things and walking around in the grass and mm-hmm. doing very uh, lucid things, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, when I got here. And um, getting to know people, and I experienced three... Um, Different deaths Whoa. at three mm. with uh, two people and the dog we had. And in looking back at that, I, I I saw it in a different way than people see it now because a child was killed on, on a school bus. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends across the road, their daddy had a heart attack, I think, and they used to take me with them to pick him up, and he would come out on the loading dock and, you know, we'd get in the car, and then the dog got hit by a car, and that's when my mother said, oh, don't cry. Mm-hmm. So I still don't cry. Wow. It was very, um, yeah, it was very powerful when she said mm-hmm. that, and I thought. But my daddy was a minister. He was a Methodist minister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got a boatload of information about all of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I wondered... A lot when he was preaching or they were talking about different things because it was like, no, that's not the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell people that before. That's not it. Mm-hmm. However, I got a really, really big lesson in how to treat people and how to acknowledge people and how to validate people just from watching them. Mm. I never cooked, but I always watched my mother cook. Mm-hmm. So I always knew how to cook. You watch your parents. They're your only uh, teachers when you're growing up. That's mm-hmm. true. They're your main, strongest teachers. And so I would see how my mother uh, was around people. There were always people in our house. Mm-hmm. Always people in our <laughs> yeah. house. Hardly a weekend went by that there weren't people. Wow. And my house was one where all of the people came. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the party house. Uh, it was. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. I mean, this guy stood up at a basketball game and said, we're, we're going to Maxwell's house <laughs> after the game. Wow. And they did. They, they came in. Uh, the, the police drove down the street to see what was going on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there were that many people there. Wow. And it was, you know, it was probably, I don't know, whatever time of basketball games I were. We just had scads of people in the house. Yeah. And my mother um, got up and fixed hot chocolate and popcorn. Wow. And then went back to bed. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> that is genuinely amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, and the whole house was filled with people. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys that, you know, was one of the, the popular ones. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Knew how to play the piano. And I never knew that. I thought, oh, how cool is that? Wow. That's a really cool level of connecting with people, mm-hmm. allowing yeah. them into your space and you find more about them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Finally, we got tired of hanging out together and everybody went, must have been midnight. God, you know, that's they, cool. That was that's on a awesome. Friday night. Yeah, that was like high school? Yeah. Man, that's cool. That's such a cool memory. And, um, yeah, when anything was going on, they came to my house. If we had a, a sleepover, mm-hmm. they would come to my house. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
That's cool. That's I, how, I, I had that experience a little bit growing up as well. I was about to say, high school for me, like, I, I was in theater, so all, like, the theater kids, mm-hmm. like, my house was where the after parties would be and everything, mm-hmm. so that was one of the times where I felt like I could be a bit of a light, you mm-hmm. know, without, you know, having to be like Southern Baptist, yeah, like uh, apologetic, apo- yeah, like evangelical. Even, that's the word I was yeah. like, I was like evangelical, like yeah. believe in Jesus. But come to like my just, house. I'll tell you about God. Right. I could <laughs> just hang out. I could be Jesus. myself. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I could just be myself. I could be like that. I felt like one mm-hmm. because it was like, yeah, we were the house people went to and they enjoyed it. And I could, mm-hmm. they were safe. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. It that's, was, that's, it was nice. I, I, we, I was talking to mom yesterday about how I love how our house has always been like a passing through point. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. where, where friends have always felt comfortable like coming and staying and there's never been a question of like, Oh, like, can you spend the night or like, is there going to be a, a right. plate for you at the dinner table? Like there's always space for more. Oh. And I, I oh, really yeah. appreciate that. I want, I want the house that, or, or the household that I'll have one day to also have that energy right. and have yes. that vibe. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, it is important, and I can count on my hand how many houses that I went to mm-hmm. where we went to a, a slumber party, and we only went once, and it was really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was not the same energy that my house was. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I didn't realize until I was probably 16 or 17 that my house was different than other right, houses. Right, than everybody else's. Yeah. Oh, man. The worst is when, like, the parents come down and they're like, all right, it's time for bed. It's 9.30. Yeah, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. No TV. Oh, good night. What? No. I was so fortunate to be blessed with, with two best friends, uh, Annie and Lizzie, when I was younger, whose houses functioned like a lot like my house. My um, and I'm friends with their parents. I'm friends with their siblings. And I always felt so welcome in their homes. And I kind of got into college and I realized like, like, oh, you don't meet people's parents. They don't want you in their house. You don't go to their space. Like, that's not normal. And so well, I'll just head out, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave. I, I've always wanted to foster an environment where people feel like the, they can know they can go there and be safe. Because mm-hmm. I feel like my parents foster that environment for my friends. And I, I feel like hearing from you, like like mm-hmm. your family have been fostered that environment as well. It's like almost right. a generational thing that's been passed down. And people were always at our house when Eric and Amanda were growing up. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, there was a, a constant basketball game going on in the, in the um, driveway. Oh, wow. Every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. The, the first thing Eric did when he got home was call people to come play. My wow. dad was a, a really talented basketball player. I don't yeah, think we ever really talked no, about that. No, I've never even heard. And, and my about mom that. was a really, really talented softball player. Oh yeah, wow. she played in college. She was amazing. And she played basketball too. She oh yeah, yeah. She, my mom she tried to. She's a natural athlete. Mom yeah. tried to teach me to throw a softball, and it went so poorly. She just never <laughs> mentioned it again. Um, oh wow. But I, I was pretty good at basketball. I, I, yeah. I think I got like a little bit, like you a got little that thread. Good art, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I can, mm-hmm. I can, because Dad taught me how to throw a basketball. <laughs> but, right. but I love, the, I love hearing that stuff of like shoot how, basketball. Sorry, well, <laughs> I literally, I'm a ballet dancer. What, what, yeah, what, right. what do you expect it. from me? Well, see, uh, sports and ballet are pretty much the same. Yeah, it's a sport mm-hmm. for sure, but yeah. it's not, oh, yeah. it's not a hand-eye coordination sport. You're not, I'm not throwing anything that can hit you. In the no, face. no. Right. Um, but I went to a friend of mine's house one time. Mm-hmm. And her daddy was already in the bed, and um, he said, Diane, come here a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was the story going? <laughs> he said, oh, this was so unusual. He said, uh, what do you think about John Kennedy being Catholic? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And here I am, you know, 17 years old. And I said, oh, it really doesn't matter to me, you know, yeah. what um, religion he is, because... 
he's the president. And this before I really knew that you don't mix politics and right. church, yeah. even though some people still they do, do. They on definitely a do. regular level. Yeah. Um, day to day, you know, like we have the preacher and the vice president now. And, you, you know, that's what this country's built on, that you don't combine mm-hmm. church and state. And I, I thought, that's really strange. Yeah. That you should ask me that. But she, he was asking me that because my daddy was a Methodist minister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, it really doesn't matter to me at all. I said, I think he's, you know, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whatever I said, you know, settled him down for a while. <laughs> Let him think about it. Yeah. It was fine I'm sure it. he was going to, thought I was going to say, well, I'm going to tell you, he's Catholic and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I so, am Methodist, and you know, and that means and he should Baptist. be too. Yeah. You know, I really, honestly, didn't care. You never built those hard religion lines. Well, no, but my mother did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you were Methodist and she wanted you to go to the Methodist church, and she wanted us to go to the Methodist church, mm-hmm. and she didn't want you to go anywhere else, yeah. right? Nowhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing for her was when we did not follow her religion and what she, how she felt about religion and um, what she got out of it. And um, religion, uh, the meaning of religion, uh, originally was to step up, was to go up higher Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to a different level, to a different Mm -hmm. understanding. Yeah. You can raise your frequency with, like, other people Mm -hmm. in fellowship. That's what church would be, exactly. But yeah. they don't realize they're doing that. Mm-hmm. No. Was there ever a time in your life when you did prescribe to those kind of hard lines of religion, or were you always a little bit more flowy through? No, I didn't really. You know, I went to the Baptist church occasionally, <laughs> and my mother just really, you know, you have a church here, mm-hmm. and this is where you go. Wow. 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 Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like definitely raised with the hard lines of religion, like, this is right, this is what you believe. That's right. And... And I was going... No, I don't. I I always... I found everyone that I went to church with, no offense, a little bit fake or a little bit Mm. hypocritical because a lot of it seemed like it was for show. Even our pastor, it seemed like a lot of what he did was for show. And I was like, Mm. there's just seems like there's, there's more to him. And I... Mm-hmm. Being an actor, I can look at it and realize, oh, he was up there acting. He yeah. was putting on a front, and it wasn't, like, really him being open and honest with everyone. Mm-hmm. When you apply, like, a strong perspective of what someone should be mm-hmm. to any group of people, like, they're going to have to do that. But, right. like, when we meet friends and stuff and in college or, or wherever you are in your life, and you're just like, oh, I have very little expectation for who this person is going to be, you get who they actually are. You yes. get their reality. There was a, a large point of my high school experience where I was going to church and I was like, not who I am as mm-hmm. a person. I knew that as soon as they left home, it would be gone. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I'm still, I still consider myself a Christian, but the definition of that for me is so vastly different. Right. I, I was, I was talking to my sister yesterday about how there was never a time in my life where I had to battle with like, do I support gay people or like, what are my mm-hmm. political beliefs? Mm-hmm. Cause it just seemed natural for me. I was, I was like, Oh yeah, this is what, this makes sense and it's pretty positive uh, for everybody. And then 
later I realized that a lot of my friends and people that I knew had this huge battle where they're like, I was taught this and I that's I just right. ignored okay. it. I was like, I don't know, nah, that seems stupid. <laughs> nah, that's that's dumb. That. Don't worry about that. Um, so when well, I when I got out I finally felt comfortable it was realizing a, it. You know, a strong thing in mm-hmm. the church because there was no understanding. Yeah. The way I see the universe the duality of people normally is love and fear. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people fear what they do like they hate what they fear because they fear what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we got fear yeah. on the one side and anger on the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't know where their anger comes from. Mm-hmm. Or their anger comes from and their fear yeah. comes from a lack of being loved. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. True. And so that's where love comes in. That's where we have to That's right. Love those people, even though they might not agree. They might be yeah. hateful. You still have to show them love. Mm-hmm. So that well, you just have to understand that they're like that right. because they've never been shown yeah. love. Yeah. Right. And when you speak to somebody, when you validate somebody, mm-hmm. when you look at them straight ahead, eye-to-eye contact, mm-hmm. they're going to know that they yeah. exist. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. One, one thing that always made sense to me as a kid was that like God's love or whatever love you prescribe to is not finite. No, and the right. way I experienced like the teaching of love was like, you need to do this so that you get God's love. And if you don't, mm-hmm. maybe you won't. It was never right. verbalized in that way, but that was how I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got older and I was like, oh no, it's, you're going to get it. You're going to get yeah. the love if, if you're willing to accept it. You don't have to you know, fight your way past other people. You don't need to push people down mm-hmm. so that you can get a hold of some of it. There's enough for everyone to experience. And once you have some of it, it's your responsibility the way to share it with others. That's right. Absolutely. And you start with a love that's in you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No, exactly. And that's that's where it's really hard to, like, it starts with, like, loving yourself. Yeah. Being able to accept yourself and say, like, I love myself. I'm worthy mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So you can share it with others. Mm-hmm. That's And it's hard to do. Yeah. We, we've talked about a lot about, like, loving yourself not being synonymous with liking yourself. Correct. I think that's yeah. true with, like, when you love others. There's a lot of people that I'm willing to give love to that mm-hmm. I do not like. Yes. I don't want to go, like, hang out with you, but I'm certainly not going to, like, be unkind to you just right. because I don't right. really want to be in your company. I, I think that love can be extended to people that you don't really want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more love you extend to them, that that might change. That perspective might change. And you might exactly. want to be near them. Yeah. Um, there's you no reason to show them that the person next door is really a lot nicer than you thought. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, per, the person that's rude to you in the line at the grocery store, they might just be having a terrible day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby crying on your airplane is literally on an airplane. That's why they're crying. Because <laughs> they're a baby on an airplane. <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. If you have a little bit more yeah, love, it, it cultivates patience. Well, you know, and and the fact that when you're on an airplane, it stops your ears up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. you've got all of this energy in this box right. that's going. Yeah. God, I want to cry on an that. airplane now, and I'm 21. Right. Well, I am no different than an infant. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You can't. <laughs> I, I hate small spaces. Well, you know, you need to, to learn to control that energy. Yeah. And um, understand what it is. And use it and learn how to use it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what all is going on in you and Mm -hmm. around you Mm -hmm. and what you need to do with that. Yeah. Right. And how to protect yourself when you go out. Mm -hmm. And one major thing that I really, really, I did that was really, really um, valuable to me 
was I did a workshop when I lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. I did my two years in Florida. I'd never have to go back. Nice. Good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you served your time. Exactly. Yeah. I served my Florida penance. It, it was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, okay. um, yeah, it's a... Yes, yeah. it's, it's hot. <laughs> it is hot. It's, it's hot, hot and swampy and uh, crocodiles. Yeah, and yeah lots of bugs um, there. When it rains, it pours. But <laughs> the guy that I, um, he was my guru and he was my counselor and he was Whoa. my, you know, all mm. of that stuff. Yeah. And um, he did a weekend for anybody that wanted to come in. Well, we paid him. I don't remember how much it was. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway, you know, he, he knew I was ready to do that. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, well, you know, if you come over there then and you decide you don't want to stay, I'll let you go home and you can. I'll give you money back. Wow, wow. that's cool. Wow, that's incredible. So what you do is you go and you stay from Friday night at 6 mm-hmm. until Sunday night at 6. You don't speak to anybody. You don't have eye contact with anybody. Wow. And um, it's it's quite interesting, to say the very least. Yeah. That sounds bizarre. That's, um, you've got your, your pillow and your blanket. You can either sit on the floor or sit in a chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this. You know what hemisync is? Huh. Well, it's um, music or hemisync is where you balance both sides of your brain. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, like oh. bilateral stimulus. Oh, is it? Is it like so? I listened to a thing on my phone called binaural beats. So it's like plays two different tones mm-hmm. that end up balancing together. Yes, right. some of that. But what? There's all kinds that does all kind of different right. things, and um, so we would have on uh, earphones, uh-huh. you know, and uh, listen to that. But there'd be music on top of it, so you didn't really hear what was going on. Yeah, you know, but it would. Wow. It kept your brain balanced. Uh-huh. You can also balance your brain, um, both sides of your brain, uh, looking at the fire. Yes. Oh, that's why that I like fire so much. Yeah. Or watching a candle. Wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Wow. And if you are out of your body, if anybody has ever said, mm-hmm. oh, God, I'm out of my body. Yeah. Or you feel mm-hmm. like you're out of your body. Disassociated. Yeah. You can bring yourself back in uh, from watching fire. Mm-hmm. There's an app you can pull up on your phone that's a candle burning. That's oh, cool. that's awesome. And no matter where you are, if you've got your phone, you yeah. know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got a candle, you can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really brings you right you know, mm-hmm. back Focus in. On, yeah. And that's why meditation does the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Absolutely. You know, you, you bring yourself back in when you're, you know, and I'll be walking through the house and just go to the right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm out of my body in two different places. Mm. And most of the time, I have to get Santa Grace to bring it back in. But, um, what was I going to tell you about that? Oh, anyway, we um, uh, we journaled and we did automatic writing, mm. automatic coloring mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. any kind of crayons or whatever you had there. And uh, we did a hearing meditation where you go outside and you don't really acknowledge anything that you're hearing. Mm-hmm. You just know that you heard something. We did uh, eating meditation, uh-huh. where you meditate the whole time you eat. Wow. And uh, you put your fork down in between all of the bites of food you eat. Whoa. That's and, insane. Um, yeah. yeah. 
it's quite a an interesting thing to do yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds so, like, honestly, I've thought about this. I, I kind of want a guru. I kind of want a teacher of some <laughs> kind. Uh, Duncan Trussell, if you hear this, just hit me up, whatever. Um, <clears throat> just Cody saying. your biggest fan. I am your biggest fan. Do a podcast with me, please. He'll <laughs> <laughs> hear this, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. All uh, of a sudden, you start talking to yourself in your head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. nobody is talking to you. Mm-hmm. Nobody is paying attention to you. Nobody is looking at you. And there were people that got really, really mad yeah. because oh. nobody would talk to them wow. or look at them. I mean, they got furious. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't do that. I'm just sitting there, you know, in a Still. chair with my ear things on. And I thought, well, you know, Terry said I could go home and give me my money back. Now, with this, going through this whole thing, I was getting a medal for divorce. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you might have been just a little bit stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an awareness thing. Yeah. yeah. Raising your awareness. Right. And so I thought, you know, if you really go home, want to go home, why don't you just go now instead of tomorrow? Because I thought, well, I'll just go home tomorrow. Then I thought, well, I can just go now. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just wait. <laughs> See what else happens, and you know. And so I spent the night, and mm-hmm. the next morning he had a guy that was cooking breakfast, and he burnt the bacon. <laughs> and I went, I see it was already going the awareness, and I thought, oh, what did he do that for? <laughs> he didn't have any more to cook. Oh, that was really. So we went through, you know, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And we did all of this stuff. I mean, it was hearing and seeing and feeling and mm-hmm. touching and seeing what came up out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then at exactly 6 o'clock, he said, okay, you can go now. How many people, do you remember how many people left before that Nobody. time? Nobody. Nobody left? Wow. I don't think so. Awesome. That is really interesting. Wow. So uh, do, you, uh, do you find that you have that internal monologue all the time? Either either of you? I, I can remember being a kid and having that internal monologue. It could be because I was homeschooled. And, like, I had friends, but it's not like I saw them all the time. I, I spent a lot of time alone. I would go outside. I would play. Yeah. I Luckily, my sister was only two years older than me. So, like, growing up, I would play with her a lot, too. Yeah. But I did have that internal monologue. And I would, like, talk about it. And when I first got into acting and learned it was, like, an acting tool to write down, like, all your character's thoughts, I was like, oh, I have that. It just, like, goes constantly. Yeah. Then in high school, like I said, when I lost my spirituality a little bit, I also lost that a little bit. I was was more, I don't know, when I have that internal monologue, I feel like I'm in my own head, you know, air quotes. Well, you are. I mean, you are, but, like... (laughs) Sometimes You're totally like in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's it was too much, so I would just try to like avoid that and just try to be like in the moment, you know, in mm-hmm. high school. But like, that's when I was the, at my worst. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And so it's like just being one with the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you find that you like talk to yourself in your head all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I was, I was, because I I've recently talked to some people that are like. I only, like, think of things when I'm, like, spelling a word. And I was like, what? Mm-mm. Huh? No. Um, I just, like, I talk to myself most of the time. Mo- and if I'm alone, I just, I literally talk to myself. It just goes. And I, now, uh, it could be, like, the ADD or something. Mm-hmm. But I really just think it's, like, my higher self or yeah. my soul consciousness mm-hmm. just, like, going. And yeah. it's, I'm able to listen and hear what it says. And it helps. Yeah. It helps in my, like, yeah. daily life. It when you're meditating, mm-hmm. especially. Yes. But when you're meditating, people go, oh, I can't meditate. Because when I meditate, then 
I start thinking about all this stuff, you know, and then you think you're supposed to be meditating and, and, um, but I'm, I'm still, um, I really can't stay with that. And, um, well, see what happens when you meditate is the brain wants to attach to something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be meditating and, you know, right where you think you're supposed to be for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, your brain mm-hmm. yeah. wants to. Starts making thoughts. That's right. Something comes up. And, well, mm-hmm. what you do is you, that's the thing, mm-hmm. is you go right back to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yes. you do um, the in and out thing, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, right. in, out. And your brain wants to attach to something. And the, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's a, a breathing thing, but you take your thumb to one side of your nose and your little finger to the other side of your nose. Okay, you let go of the little finger and you breathe in and you breathe out. Put your finger, little finger on the side of your nose and then release your thumb and breathe in on that side. And then you breathe out, go to the other side. That also balances both sides of your brain. That's right. really cool. That's just, like um, I was I read about like uh, it's called bilateral stimulus. That's what it like is. That your your brain wants to. It's why, it's why yeah. we pace when we're anxious. Yeah. Um, and I, it's something that I like now that I know that's a thing. I'll just like make myself do it when I'm upset over like anything. I'll tap my hands. Yeah. I'll like uh, breathe in a bag or you know. Yeah, you can like tap on your temples. Like it's like anything. It's it's really really cool. But you what you're doing with that is balancing both sides of your brain. Yeah, right. evening it out. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And you're making yourself aware of what you're doing. Right. Because you go, oh, I'm supposed to be meditating. I'm supposed to be going in, out, in, out. And you do that, and then all of a sudden you bring it and you do it. And it goes in a cycle, and you go, oh, right. I'm supposed to. Yep. Yeah. Know, but that's, oh, I'm supposed to do this. That's yeah. part of the meditation. Like, And that's what you work on and practice with is like, yeah, your brain's going to attach to thoughts, but then c- coming back to it. Yeah. The recentering sure is that's your, the meditation. Yeah, that's your thing where you're remembering, you know, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that's this. That's right. Wow. Oh, I'm supposed to, to be doing this. Oh, that's and, so cool. and, you, and when you're meditating and you have those thoughts, you just let them slide off of your head like a piece of silk. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. They just go right down and away, the and then you're back mm-hmm. to meditating again. Right. And this, I was at this one thing, this girl was saying, well, I can't meditate. I just can't meditate because mm. blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> she got up to go to the bathroom and came back. And I, I said, oh, I know what she was doing. She, she couldn't figure out how to get into it. I said, you just meditate from where you are. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're doing, no matter what your head's doing, no matter what you're talking about in your head or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You just start meditating from there and go on. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you can meditate while you're walking. Right. You can meditate while you're eating. You can meditate for five minutes anywhere. Yeah. You yeah. Take a shower. <laughs> while yeah. driving, you know. <laughs> uh, That's going out of your body. Yeah. Right, right. I, I think that, like, um, we, we have a lot of 
intrusive thoughts, and then we have thoughts that kind of demand to be paid attention to. Right. Yes. And when you meditate, it allows you to acknowledge which thoughts come into your brain and then leave very quickly, and which thoughts come into your brain and are like, you really need yeah. to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difference between, like, like, I don't have intrusive thoughts in my dreams. Whatever mm-hmm. I dream about is that, based in your, how I'm actually your, feeling. Uh, id and ego and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better come back to me because yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you. Yeah. So when when you can meditate and let those intrusive thoughts, you let them in yeah. and then they go and then they leave because you mm. don't really pay attention to them. You let them slide You're just off like, the what? Just <laughs> brain. Come yeah. on, like and then so. it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the things that, that demand to be thought will kind right. of remain around and then either in meditation or when you're kind of free of it, you can go like maybe i should address that in my real life maybe i'll deal with that now those are those are the things when i'm meditating if like those thoughts that do stick around the important ones i'm like that's coming straight from the soul yeah that's, that's, what I need that's to something think i need to focus well on. you just let that go too yeah, yeah. oh yeah during the meditation absolutely that's why monks you know what do you think <laughs> Right? No, they let everything. They let. They're always go. trying to meditate mm-hmm. and not have a thought. Right. Yeah. You normally do that. I don't right. think they can do that I, either. It's weird that's because weird. that's the way our brains are programmed yeah. in our head. You yeah. know, is to attach to something. Right. right. Yeah, and that, totally. That's why I think it's important because, like, I think you know, it's very respect- respectable to go like live the monk life and like mm-hmm. focus on meditation and that be your goal. But I also think there's something to be said about having like your ego, having a life, like having mm-hmm. all of these things. It's part of this whole experience as well. Yeah. So it's finding that good balance of both. And yeah. that's life is about balance and life is about change. Yeah. Those are two things that mm-hmm. I've found. Yeah, definitely. So so I do want to get to a couple of questions before. Yeah, a couple of questions that we wrote down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the big one that I really want to hear from you, because we've talked about, you know, what happens after we die and mm-hmm. all of this. But what is, in your opinion, the meaning of life? What is the point of all of this insane, crazy awesomeness? Well, like I said, you agree to whatever right, what is you're put before you in this life. And you can either agree to it or you can disagree Uh huh. Mm-hmm. and say, nope, I'm not going to do that. And they'll say, okay. And so um, I think that the experiences we have are leading us to a better place mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the more you love other people and acknowledge other people, mm-hmm. you know, love is not that hard. Right. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Love, for us. love is this hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love is your whole being and taking all of that in right. so you can breathe really deep and give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you do, you give it to everybody you see, and you don't have to know that person. I mean, I don't right. know all these people I speak to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may know. never see them again. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, you, I may have somebody come up to me one day and say, you know, you are the only person that ever spoke to me. And so you come in to share everything you've got. Yeah. Everything you know. Everything that um, can make the world better. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're doing a really rotten job. Absolutely. <laughs> making this world better. Yeah. I was about to bring this up, Gigi, because it, it's so interesting. You you have this... So we, we just moved into the age of Aquarius, if you're mm-hmm. into star signs and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we were in the age of, what was it, Pisces, Pisces where it's Almost right selfishness. Now. <laughs> <laughs> age of Aquarius. <laughs> but we... We were in the age of Pisces, which is the age of, like, selfishness mm-hmm. and, like, greed and thinking about yourself. Yeah, capital growth. Whereas 
I think you've just been ahead of the game this whole time. Oh, absolutely. Where you're like, because, yes, we're here to learn and our souls are supposed to grow, but we also, I think, should be doing that together yeah, as, like, yeah. a collective consciousness rather than just our exactly. own. Exactly. And treat, like, like I mean, Jesus, he was here 2,000 years ago and on to it all way before us. Yeah. He was just like, treat others as you'd want to be treated. <laughs> hey guys, be you, nice. You're all equal. You're be all nice. children of God. Yeah. Is what he essentially mm-hmm. said. He was like, I'm the son of God, but we're children of God and we yeah. are here to grow and love mm-hmm. and learn. Yeah. And... I just think it's... somebody's going to hit you with religion. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The difference between... (laughs) (laughs) The difference between believing in anything and Mm -hmm. an organized religion is is that I can believe in something and it has no intention of exploiting me or no intention of controlling me. Right. But as people, when we organize things, we we put things together, it has the potential and often a likelihood to become something that is exploitable or or controllable. and, And we see religion throughout history starting off from a place of we're going to care about each other we're going to have, have unity mm-hmm. and then it turns into give us your money and you're like power whoa, whoa, where money. did that come from yeah i yeah. power corrupts more than anything and then money mm-hmm. comes along with it and like yeah. is just the worst yeah. and jesus was onto that too the love of money is the root of all evil mm-hmm. and that's where a it is, lot of it is easier for a camel mm-hmm. to walk through an eye of a needle than for a yeah. rich man to get into heaven absolutely i can't remember where that's from in the bible but it's in there it's in there and it's true, and it's not because being rich is inherently bad, but money corrupts and yeah. what do you, what do you greed do and selfishness. Well, it can. The Bible it can. says, ask and you shall receive. Right. So what you do is you do ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you ask for for um, not physical things like right. a table or, you know, you can ask for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ask for uh, the world to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. You can ask for things for for you, and and you can do that by starting out with a piece of paper and a pencil, mm-hmm. and you write down my. Um, I need to get a marker. I need a little more head stuff. <laughs> my intention is. Yes. My intention is. Oh. Dot dot dot. Yes. yes. And yeah. you write down what your intention is, mm-hmm. and you. Um, Define it right. to the altar bottom piece of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know if you're you're asking for a house, you ask for uh, I want a house with this and this and this, and I want the walls to be this color, mm-hmm. and I want the bedrooms to be like this, and I want the bathrooms to be like this, right. mm-hmm. and I want uh, this much uh, land. Wow. And I want, uh, I mean, every yeah. single thing every yeah, every little piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the house. Well, that reminds me of manifestation. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, yes. they kind of yeah, it's the same thing. That's the way you manifest. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, One, exactly. Two, two like, parts of the, the Bible always fascinated me as a kid was there's a, a parable, essentially, that says, if you ask your father for bread, would he give you a stone? Um, mm-hmm. No, because your father loves you, therefore he would not. And it's right. talking about, like, on earth, but... And there's also another passage that talks about whatever you have done to the least of these, you've done unto me, which is That's right. God That's saying, right. you know, if, if you are not caring for those who are unable to care for themselves or who are in a rough spot, then that is like a, what you are directly doing to God. You're treating them. You should treat them as right. if they are God. And I kind of think those interact in this way of when, when we ask God for things or when others are asking God for things, we as a people 
also have a responsibility to share and help fulfill that request, you know? Right. Like, if you have right. so much in your life that you are able to give, there is someone else who is praying or manifesting and, and asking that something help them in a way that that the, the universe hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. And if the universe has blessed you, you can be a conduit for what they are looking, for what they are, are needing in their life. Um, that's, like, why helping others is so important to me. Um, well, you can tell them how to do it. Yeah, yeah. we can all help each other. Okay, so... Here's the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the entire world. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. The all in all. Yeah. yeah. And here's you. Uh-huh. Right. So what does that make you? The center of the universe? No. Sort of. <laughs> Part yeah. of the universe? But just. Okay, this is God. Yeah. Yeah. This is everything. Yeah. And and you're right here in the middle you're of it. Part yeah. of God. You are. Yeah. You are God. You are God. <gasps> Gigi. You are God. I, yeah. And so is everyone else. Y- yes, exactly. Yeah. Gigi, you and I have the same beliefs and it's really cool. Cody's <laughs> <laughs> very excited. I'm really excited because, yeah. I don't know, I, I I just think that's really awesome. Because, mm-hmm. like, I most people I've talked to in my life, unless they are, like, you know, this age and kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know, experimental with their beliefs, like, yeah. that's the only people I've met that have those same ideals. But, like, literally everything you've said, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly what I believe. It's it's yeah. really cool. It's really awesome. From your, your experience now, where you are in your life, is there any advice you would impart mm-hmm. onto people in my generation, people in our 20s who are kind of floating and figuring out where Trying we land? Trying to figure it out, yeah. Keep flying. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Oh, that's really yeah. good. I Keep love floating. Yeah. Keep doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just whatever you love. Just love it. Just keep loving it. Yeah. And then if something comes like a crossroads, then figure out, okay, that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'd like to do something better than that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then do that. Mm -hmm. You're still floating, you know. Yeah. Just Just keep moving around and loving life. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to love different things. Yeah. And to do different things, and the more different things you do, the more you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best advice that you personally have received? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. My, my mother and dad, well, my daddy especially, used to say, remember who you are and where you came from. Mm. So that made me really mad, and so I had to go <laughs> out and do something that wasn't, you know, a part of what they were. Yeah. Be, right. be who you are without a show them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gigi the rebel. Yeah. The oh, rebel was there. And, um, well, my Angelou said to be a Christian that you have to practice being a Christian every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can't just say, I'm a Christian, because you just got your little label on here that says, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when you break it down and see what that really is, mm-hmm. you have to live it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and and exactly. you have to be that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was, I rocked babies for about six or seven years in the NICU. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And in the, um, 
progressing NICU when they were a little bit bigger and better, but they still had something wrong with them. And I used to call in Jesus all the time mm-hmm. because Jesus has such a sweet energy. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Such a really sweet energy. Yeah. You know, I'd ask him to stay with the babies. Mm-hmm. And um, I still do that because it's, um, oh, it's just this thing that surrounds you and makes you feel like it, it's just a feeling of, perfection yes mm-hmm. that's this really cool really cool it's really interesting because that brings me on to an idea this is just something i want to bring up as like a little <laughs> thought experiment right we say like the energy of jesus and i uh-huh. i totally believe in that like love and that energy and like who he is because that his soul is still in the universe part of the universe part of god part of everything yeah. and it's there and it's stronger than anything do you think that He's not a part of it. He is, is it. Yeah. Exactly. We're all it. We're all it. We're all it. And so, therefore, would you say that other like gods or people from mythology and or other mm-hmm. religions could also have that energy sure. and be part of the universe? Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think so as well. I just, I think it's really cool yeah. kind of being open to all of that. Yeah. I think it's interesting because even if they were never real per se, like other Greek gods or anything, they represented something. Yeah. And they put out a specific energy into Definitely. the universe. I do think Jesus has probably the strongest, especially, or some of the strongest, especially now. Yeah. You can do the same as I do, just mm-hmm. more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really amazing. To look at the energy and the spiritual ability we have, not as a hierarchy or as each person has this amount and that's all you get. Right, right. But, but instead there is this amount that is within all of us and that we are collectively creating mm-hmm. uh, yes. that we can share with others. We all have access to And it. if we did collective meditation mm-hmm. with the entire world, we could cure COVID, cure cancer. We could mm-hmm. do whatever we wanted to do right. as a powerful group of people. Mm-hmm. And people are doing that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. We're so segmented as a whole, mm-hmm. though. Right. On, on the 21st, so many people were meditating. Yeah, it was really cool. They were like, and the, I, I the did. the planets converged. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was up there, like, that night, I just meditated for about an hour, and I was just like, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah. I, it's I a can, cool like, feel space it. to share that energy. This well, has been a truly a lot of power in the planets. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh really cool. The planets have experience. energy as well. I mean... I, I look around the world and I see, you know, animals and plants and trees and every living thing that mm-hmm. has energy too. That's oh, yeah. part of it. That's part of God. That's part, part of, of this universe. Part it's of all us. God. It's all God. And so, yeah, the planets I absolutely have strong energy. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Wow. Oh yeah, that's why they, you know, they ran ships by it and studied mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. They used it as maps to get where they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. A lot of power. Oh, yeah, a lot of power. And, you know, you have to get your power all lined up with what you want to do. Yeah. Yes. And you have the power to do anything you want to do. But you got to figure out what that is. And, you know, how do I want to use this power? Can you use it for good or are you... Well, you want to go sock somebody in the face with it. (laughs) Well, ha-ha, look what I did. Right. Or you want to be a gentle person. Yeah. Yeah. Spread love. My brother was a very gentle person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was very, very, uh, and I dreamed about him one night, and he was all illuminated, mm-hmm. wow. and I went to hug him, and the answer was, no, no, mm. you can't do that. Wow. 
you get burned up. <laughs> yeah, too much. Wow. Too much oh, wow. Wow. That's you incredible. will burn up. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I love that. I think yeah. I have lined myself up some. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not all the way there. I don't don't hope to ever be like fully there. I mm-hmm. want to always be growing. What is fully there? Exactly. There yeah. I don't I don't know <laughs> if it exists. Yeah. We're always changing, but we're in constant state of change. You just see whatever you've got. Yeah. As Hey, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. And let's Look, keep doing this. There, there is nothing in our environment or in our world that is not part of a ever-changing process. I mean, we look at things like, 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 oh, well, they're mountains. They're big rocks. They're never going to move. Well, they, they have. Do. They've yeah. eroded they and changed, moved. and that matter has moved to other parts of the world. Everything Sorry. is going to grow and die and regrow. And when we look at ourselves as something that is going to eventually hit a plateau where you're the happiest or the best version of yourself, we're stunting that growth and not allowing ourselves mm-hmm. to continue that cycle. Right. And how do I get better? Yeah. How can I continue mm-hmm. to change? And how do I float more and right. how do I feel better yeah and yeah. what ma- makes me feel really really good yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's the yeah. best version that I can be and the happiest I, I can be we should yeah. look at our lives rather than like a chart that just goes up and down like a yeah. roller coaster rather than that even though there are bad times mm-hmm. you yourself your soul is still good and growing mm-hmm. so rather than that just look at it like exponential growth oh, yeah it just growth is not right. growth is not comfortable and we have to acknowledge that that if we are growing and we are in a constant state of change, everyone around us is also in a constant state of change. Yeah, we can't expect our, our interpersonal environment to remain consistent and constant. When we ask people to never change or be exactly the same as they were the last time we interacted with them, yeah. we're trying to get them to stunt their growth in the same way we don't want ours stunted. Oh, I think the worst thing you can say to somebody is, you're just like you were when you were in high school. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no. It's yeah. so true. You never, no, you never, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. Allow yourself to like. There's, there was a time in my life when I was, I was like, I don't want to change. I don't want to be different. I like who I am right now. I don't want to change. Yeah. I finally like, like, let go of some of that. I was like, oh my god, I'm significantly <laughs> calmer. Yep. I feel a lot less neurotic now that I'm not trying to be, you know, this this high energy. Like I'm ready to do this, blah blah blah. Like, yeah. like I'm a, a more mellow mm-hmm. person now, and I expect that change to. Mellow Consider is very you know good. changing. Yeah. the best. Mellow is <laughs> yeah. floating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. This has been such a joy. Um, thank you it guys has. for listening. Per yeah. usual, um, I continue have floating. Enjoyed it so very much. I'm so glad. Yep. This has been wonderful. <laughs> it's been the best. Um, so all right, yeah, well. continue floating and uh, drink some <laughs> coffee. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Bring it down. <laughs>